All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you. We ask and we say there is illumination. The highs of understanding is enlightened. There is no confusion in this atmosphere. Every act can be you as we see ourselves in the, in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right, we are still on our series on the basis of Christianity. The basis of Christianity. And um, we said that, um, well, we said that the reality of Christianity is founded upon or on the reality or the believer's daily living, sorry, is founded on the reality of his salvation. Romans 1 16. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It's the power of God of the salvation to those that believe, to the Jews, and also to the Greeks. And we said Christianity is a reality. There are things that define Christianity. And we said that um, uh, that uh, Christianity is founded on Christ work of salvation Christ's work of salvation Christ's work of salvation Christianity is founded on Christ's work and we've been looking at our talk, we've been looking at uh, our realities now one, one reality we want to study today is the reality of the, of the indwelling of the spirit the reality of the indwelling of the spirit the reality of the indwelling of the spirit Philemon 1 verse 6, it says that the communication of our faith will become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. And it says the word acknowledge from the Greek word epignosis. Epignosis means accurate, precise, full comprehension. So we are coming to a precise knowledge of something. So now, one reality that a believer needs to understand is the reality of the indwelling of the spirit the reality of the indwelling of the spirit now i want to see something and it's just like a sovereign the promise of the spirit the promise of the spirit now look at ezekiel 36 verse 26 ezekiel 36 verse 26 ezekiel 36 26 so we've said that our reality is something that the believer must feed on, must understand, must must also appreciate. So look at Ezekiel 36 verse 26. It says, A new art also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you. I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give unto you an art of flesh. So Ezekiel being a prophet in the scriptures, what did he do? He spoke concerning the new birth. Spoke concerning the new birth, salvation, God's promise, or the indwelling of the spirit. Look at verse 27 in that place. It says, I will put my spirit within you, Aya, and cause you to walk in my statutes, and you shall keep my judgment and do them. It says, I will put my spirit within you. Now, why does it say, do, do you know that this statement answered the cry of David? Look at David. Look at what David was crying about in Psalm 51. That answers the plea and the cry of David, Psalm 51. Psalm 51. Verse 5 to 11. Psalm 51, verse 5 to 11. I say, are you there? It says, hmm, you there now. It says, uh, Behold, I was shaken in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, that desired 
truth in the inward part and in the evening part thou shalt make me to know wisdom purge me with Aesop and I shall be clean wash me and I shall be whiter than snow make me to hear joy and gladness and the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice hide my face from sins and blot out my iniquities create in me a new heart O God and renew right spirit within me cast me not away from thy presence and take not the Holy Spirit away from me so David made that plea to God and the plea is fulfilled today that plea has been fulfilled today that cry has been fulfilled today because believers are not meant to request for the indwelling of the spirit anymore we can't or we are not meant to actually be be doing that anymore because we received it at salvation does that make sense? We received it as salvation now. Jesus said the four Gospels was explaining the promise of the indwelling of the Spirit as salvation. And he said something in John 3, verse 3. We've seen this before. In John 3, verse 3. Let's go to John 3, verse 3. When, when Nicodemus came to him in John 3, verse 3. And um, he, he was explaining to them, he said that, he said, he said, Verily, verily, I said unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And look at verse 5. It says, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the Spirit is Spirit. And I says, Marvel not that I say unto thee, ye must be born again. And it now says, The wind bloweth where it listed, and thou hearest the sound thereof. But cannot stay where thou scope, comment, and whither it goeth. So it's everyone that is born of the spirit. So Jesus was explaining to Nicodemus, and he said, that being born again is being born of the spirit. Are you saying that? So when 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 I say I am born again now, I can safely say I am born of the spirit. Does that make sense? I am born of the spirit. So to the disciples, Jesus further explained to them also that. He explained to them what's, what it means to be born of the Spirit. Look at John 14. John 14. John 14, verse 6 to 7. John 14, verse 6 to 7. It says that, And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. If ye had known me, you should have known my Father also. From henceforth ye know him, and have seen him. So, it says, uh, I'm looking for something. It says, you know him and you have seen him. Okay, let's see verse 16 actually. 16. 16 is where we wanted to read. 16 and 17. It says, I pray thee the Father, and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Even the sweet of truth, whom the word cannot see, cannot receive, because he seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But ye shall know him, for he dwelleth with you, and he shall be with you. So there is abide with you forever. There is shall be with you. Look at those phrases. Those phrases he said he dwells in with you. So because he says he dwells with you initially, because Jesus was anointed of the Holy Spirit, so he was with them. But at the resurrection and at salvation also. The Spirit now dwells in the believer. Are you getting it now? The Spirit is now with the believer. John 14, verse 26. Look at verse 26. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send 
in my name. He shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance. That whatsoever I have said unto you. So, he will bring all things to your remembrance. Look at verse 12 and 13 of that St. John 14. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works I do shall he do also, and greater works than this shall he do, because I go to my Father. Whatsoever ye ask in my name, that will I do, and the Father may be glorified in the Son. So, this is the reality of Christianity. The Holy Spirit indwelling a man. The reality of Christianity is that the Holy Spirit is indwelling a man. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. John 14. We are still in that same John 14. John 14, verse 2 to 3. In my Father's house, there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would, not have, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive it to myself. That where I am, you may be also. Now, the word mansions, I've explained this over the years. The word mansions implies dwelling place. Not a physical building. The word mansion implies dwelling place. Dwelling place. So it's not a phys physical physical building. It's dwelling place. Look at verse 8 to 10. And Philip said, Show us God the Father, and it suffices not. And Jesus said unto him, Have I been so long with you that thou hast not known me, Philip? He that has seen me has seen the Father, and thou seest them. Show us the Father. So the Father's house. Or look at him, believers down, look at the verse 10, believers down not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me, the words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the work. So, the Father's house is in Christ and not a physical building. Are you getting me? The Father's house is in Christ. So, just imagine. I want you to physically physically imagine something. Can God be living in a building like this? In heaven? Don't just say no. Think. Can he actually just there's just one building or mansion somewhere? And he's just living there. He can't this it's not logically. Our brain has just been suspended not to think far. Okay, see, let's say he wants to build. Or let's say there's really, not, let's say there's air. air. And where's the ground? Be, if I thought there's air, she be above us. <laughs> where's the ground? Or where's the cement? Or there are cement in heaven? Or bricks, or sticks, or that is uh, ceilings, windows. Who will be making them? So we say angels. <laughs> who will be making them? So who will be doing the construction work? Angels. So that's what they are deciding to do. To be doing construction work. <laughs> that's not. <laughs> We've used our physical mind. To explain God, and that's not that's not true. So the Father's house is in Christ, not a physical building. And um, look at in that same John fourteen verse eighteen, John fourteen verse eighteen, John fourteen verse eighteen. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you, yet a little while. But the word seeth me no more. 
but ye see me because I live ye shall also live at that day ye shall know that I am in the Father and ye, ye in me and I in you he, adds, he, he that hath my commandment and keepeth them he that is he that loveth me and he that loveth me shall be loved of my father and I will love him and manifest myself to him so um I remember I explained this thing for people who were sleeping in believer and the ministry. I think <laughs> chapter two <laughs> you were sleeping is about about four hours message or something, I guess. You were sleeping then. <laughs> so the phrase we will come to him and make our abode with him implies that the father's house is in Christ. Are you getting me? The father's house is in Christ. It's not a physical building. It's not a physical location. The Father's house is in Christ. Hallelujah. So the Father's house is in Christ. So if a man has come to God today through Jesus Christ <coughs> at salvation, he is dwelling in the Father's house. <coughs> because the Father's house is where? In Christ, right? So where are we to? In Christ. Good. Good. So somebody tell you, um, when you die today, where will you be? In Christ. In Christ. Because we are you now. In Christ. In Christ. It makes sense, right? It's simple stuff. Simple basics. That's why we call it basics of Christianity, right? Basics. Just basic stuff. Basics. So, it says we will come to him and make our abode with him. So, the Father's house is in Christ. And if a man has come to God through Jesus as salvation, he is dwelling in the Father's house. So I am dwelling in the Father's house. We should get a song. We should get a song about things like this. I'm dwelling in the Father's house. I'm dwelling in the Father's house. Joy, think of something for us. I'm dwelling in the Father's house. Something like that. He's dwelling in the Father's house. This explains why Jesus thoughts. Now, this explains why Jesus was teaching us in verse 16. I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because he seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But ye know him, for he dwelleth with you, and shall be with in you. So, the reality of our salvation is the indwelling of the Spirit of God within us. So we can simply say God is dwelling in us today, right? Yes. We are in where? In Christ. God is where? In, in Christ. Let's go again. Let's go again. The Father's house is where? In Christ. The Father's house is where? In Christ. So if we, if the Father's house is in Christ, where is Jesus today? <laughs> I got you. I got you. <laughs> You don't get to, you don't get to do what the joke I just <laughs> You think No listen 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 no, to <laughs> We said something that the father's house is weird. In Christ. So where is he in Christ? I'm in Christ. The way is he in Christ. You're right just... Go and listen to this short message I did online. Um the in Christ scriptures. Are you getting listen to that? Um, so uh, just I was just messing up. I was just messing you. Now, so the father's house is where in Christ. Where are you? 
In Christ. Okay. In Christ. If you die tomorrow, where will you be? In Christ. Because we have you always been. In Christ. That's all. So say, where is God? God is in Christ working with us. Does that make sense? Just simple basic stuff. The indwelling of the spirit. Now let's see another concept. We saw the promise of the spirit. Right? Now let's see another one. The indwelling of the spirit. But don't forget we are still studying the reality of the indwelling of the spirit. Now see, let's see First Corinthians 16. First Corinthians 6, sorry. 6 verse 17. First Corinthians 6 verse 7. 6 verse 16 to 17. That's now it says, Know ye what? Know ye not that that which is joined to an allot is one body. For two, saith he, shall be one flesh. But he that is joined unto the Lord is what? One, one spirit. spirit. Say, I am one spirit with God. I am one spirit with God. No, you're not saying it like you mean it. I am one spirit with God. I am one spirit with God. I am one spirit with God. So, Verse 16 says one flesh, whereas verse 16 says one spirit. So now look at what's something that joined it together. It says, he, he that is joined to the Lord. Now, so the believer is joined to the Lord. The believer who is in Christ, are you getting me? Is joined to the Lord. Because even the fact that you are you are joined already makes you in Christ, all right? Are you seeing it? Yes. It's basic stuff. Simple basic stuff. Basics of Christianity. We're going to do series too after we're done with this. And we're going to study broader concept of this. First Corinthians 12 13. First Corinthians 12 13. For by one spirit are we all baptized into one body, whereby we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free. We have all been made to drink into one spirit. One body means one identity. She should put that down. One body means one identity. One spirit means the Lord and the believer have the same spirit. One body means one identity. So because of one spirit, we are baptized into one body. Are you saying that? Because we are because of one spirit, we are baptized into one body. That is, we are identified in one body. So one spirit means the Lord and the believer have the same spirit. We have the same spirit with God. I have the same spirit with God. I have the same spirit with God. John 14. John 14. Let's go back to John 14 again. John 14, verse 16. I'll pray the comforter and he'll give you another comforter. I'll pray the Father and he'll give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the word cannot receive. But it shall, but it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But ye know him, for he that dwelleth with you shall be in you. So Jesus uses the word give. Says he will give you. So the word give implies it is not a request. So we are not begging, God give me your spirit. We are not begging, oh Lord, Lord please pity me and give me your spirit. Don't take it away. No, no. We are not begging. It is not a request. He dwells with you. Are you seeing that? He dwells with you. And he will abide in you forever. So it's not it's not a beg, it's not okay, pity me, Lord. Uh, can't you look at me? Can't you just ah uh, no 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 no? And the word forever means everlasting, internal, everlasting. 
So it's to say to us that the Spirit indwells the believer forever. So the question will now be, what if the person die? Is <laughs> dead? Is sleeping? Are you seeing that? His spirit dwells in you forever. First Corinthians three sixteen. Let's see a couple of scriptures. First Corinthians three sixteen. I think I'm too slow. Eh? No, you're perfect. I think. I think I, I feel like I'm too slow. I think I should be faster. First Corinthians three sixteen. No, you know. Oh, yeah. Okay, let's we'll do this one now. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? Dwelleth in you? So you see, don't you know? Look at what the Bible is telling. It is telling them. Don't you know that you are the temple of God, and the Spirit of God is dwelling in you? Uh huh. Look at 1 Corinthians 6, 19 to 20. says what? Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, and which ye have heard of God, and ye are not your own? For ye are bought with the Christ. Therefore glorify God in your body, which, in, which are in your spirit are God's. Look at Ephesians 1, 13. Ephesians 1, verse 13. Ephesians 1, verse 13. Ephesians 1 verse 13, it says that um, in whom ye also trusted, after ye have heard of the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also you have believed, ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of what? Of promise. promise. You are sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Who will go? Ephesians 4 verse 13, it says that um, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. Whereby he has sealed on to the day of redemption. Why the anger? This thing that you, you get a more a more abrupt burst of the stuff and all that. So the word sealed there implies a mark of permanence. Aya, I am sealed. A proof of ownership. You know, if I stamp my name now this year, on this year and now, it will look like I cannot. Let's say I tattoo my name now this place. It will look like ah. Uh, I own you. I'm just joking. No? <laughs> Are you getting what I'm saying? So, it implies a mark of permanence, a proof of ownership. A proof of ownership. So, something you must know is this. When the gospel is preached and a man believes, he is sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. I tell people, I say, a lot happens. I think I've told you no one. I said, a lot happens when a man gets born again. I say so many things happen within the microseconds he get born again. So just imagine, you just preach to somebody in Walmart or in Target or in Wegmans or in Kroger. Or There's no Kroger in Rochester. Oh wow, okay. Oh wow, okay. So it says, when the, when the gospel is preached and a man believes, he is sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. And that spirit is referred to as the Spirit of God. 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 So, look at what Paul did in Romans 8 verse 2. Romans 8 verse 2. Look at what Paul explained to us in Romans 8 verse 2. He said, and he said something. Because if you start the, if you start the conversation, it started in Romans 8 verse 1. It would, 
it really makes sense. But let's see verse 2 actually. It says, For the love of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. It says, The Spirit of life in Christ. Look at verse 4. It says, That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. Look at verse 5. It says, For they that are after the flesh do not mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. So, The phrase, the things of the spirit, refers to what we have, which the spirit of life, which is the spirit of life in Christ. That is, what we have, which is the spirit of life in Christ. So, the previous verses we read, like verse 2, in verse 4, verse 5, it explains, it's still just explaining the same truth to us. Just explaining that what we have, which is the, what we have, or the things of the spirit, is what we have, which is the spirit of life in Christ. Look at verse 9. I think I'm too slow. What's going on? Pray for me. Verse, verse 9. It says, For ye are not in the flesh, but, the, but in the spirit. If so be that the spirit of God dwells in you. So you see, the spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is what? None of his. The spirit of God dwells in you. So, you are in the spirit. And that refers to the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, the spirit of God, the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. So the spirit of Christ, the spirit of Christ is the spirit of God. And the spirit of life in Christ Jesus and the spirit of God that dwells is, and that's the same spirit that dwells in the life of the believer. Are you seeing that? So the spirit of, of Christ, the spirit of Christ is the spirit of God. And it is the same spirit of life in Christ Jesus and that's the spirit that dwells in the believer. Look at verse 10 to 11, Romans 8, verse 10 to 11. If Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he shall raise up Christ from the dead. He shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwells in you. So the time the spirit is life is the same as the spirit of Christ. Are you getting it? Same as the spirit of Christ, which is the spirit of God, which can also refer to of the spirit of him that raised Jesus from the dead. It's still the same indwelling, it's still the same spirit that is dwelling in the believer. The indwelling of the spirit in the believer. It is the same spirit. Same spirit. So the term is spirit. If it's really verse, if you read in verse eleven where it says, um and it says uh, but if the spirit of him that uh, for the dead shall dwell with you, shall also quickly your other body by his spirit that dwelleth in you. If you read that say by his spirit, it's still referring to the spirit of Christ, it's still referring to the spirit of God, it's still the same spirit. Are you saying that? Same spirit. Look at verse 13. Verse 13. But if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye live through the spirit, do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. In our says, For as many as led by the spirit of God, they are what? The sons of God. Say, I'm the son of God. Son of God. So the word lead there means to exist. To exist. You are existing. Not to walk. It doesn't mean if they live or something. It just means to exist. So now, he explained further in verse 15 to 16. Look at verse 15. It says, You have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but the spirit of adoption whereby we cry out our Father. The spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are what? The children of God. The children of God. The children of God. So he used um, the word adoption there. And it implies 
a place that son that is we have received the spirit of sons. I think I've explained this recently. It's received the spirit of sons. So that's why it was explained to us that the spirit that bears witness in our spirit is that thing that calls us the children of God. Children of God. We'll go back to Roman 1 Corinthians 16, 6 verse 17 now. It says that um, we are joined with the Lord with one spirit. 1 Corinthians 6 verse 17. It says that what he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. Now one spirit means that God does not have a different spirit from his children. Are you seeing it? I'll say it again. God does not have a different spirit from his children. God does not have a different spirit from his children. So we have a God-like nature, right? We have the character of God, right? We can behave like God because God's spirit is not different from the spirit that is in the children. Are you seeing it? God's spirit is not different from the spirit because a father cannot have a different life from his children. If you give birth to a child that is and it's not your, and you go to DNA test, uh, you're going to question, you're going to wonder, uh, where did you get the child? And it's not in your DNA. You wonder where did you get the child? Then you will not be acting those movies of, e, you are not the father. How many voices is it? I like that shows those times. I used to wonder, God, what is, what's the word turning to? Do we find out? Why did they swallow? I always want, if I meet any of them that goes to the church, the people that are called the show, I want to ask them the first question. Why do you used to allow them to argue? Why can't they just come to the scene and just say, okay, your DNA test, your DNA test result is ready, you are not the father. Why do you used to give them room <laughs> to first argue and say, look at the nose, look at the nose. So they would have to touch the screen. See, this nose, it's not, it's, it doesn't look like, it doesn't look like me. It doesn't look like you, it look like you. Everybody to the audience say, yeah, boo. They say, it look like you. They check, see the eye, see the eye. I have a black eye, I have a right eye, I have a yellow eye. They say, it doesn't look like me. <laughs> Then they will not say, okay, okay, okay. After they fight, they beat them, say they do everything. They say, calm down, calm down. Your DNA test result is ready. Why did they have to let them go through that process? <laughs> Why? I only said, no, you've never watched those shows. Ah! <laughs> you need to watch it. No, but don't watch it. <laughs> so, they will not come and say, but um, the result of in your day and Noah. Shows, oh, sorry. <laughs> and Noah shows that based on the six months old baby, you are the father. Noah will, not say, Noah will just be, be angry and leave the stage <laughs> because he doesn't want to claim the responsibility of the father. You will not be happy that I told you. <laughs> that is not the God of our Father, Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> Praise God. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. That's not the Father. That's not the Father. So God cannot have a different spirit from us. If the DNA of God is with us. Hallelujah. See, they call. I like what. I don't know what preacher. I think it's EWK. He said, if you caught my blood, it's, God's, it's, it's like the blood of Jesus. I don't know who said that statement. Uh, I can't remember. So if you caught me like this, it's the blood of Jesus that is there. Ah, yeah, I like that. I like that. That is, the person has soaked himself with the reality that I am one spirit with God. I am one spirit. Praise God. Hallelujah. So we are one spirit with God. We're one spirit. So the Father cannot have a different life from his children. It's not possible. Galatians 4 verse 6. Galatians 4 verse 6. Is God, and because we are sons, God has sent forth 
his spirit, the spirit of his son into your heart, crying what? Abba, Father. We saw that before we said, Father, Father, right? Abba means Father. And so also, the spirit of his son and the Holy Spirit refers to the same, which is the spirit of life in Christ. The same thing, which is the spirit of life in Christ. Galatians 3, verse 13 to 14. Galatians 3, verse 13 to 14. Christ has redeemed us from the cost of the law, being made the cost for us. For it is written, cause is everyone that ranked on, this, on the tree. But the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit's true faith. And that is the spirit of adoption. That's the spirit of adoption. So the believer does not have two spirits. You don't have two spirits. You don't have Noah's spirit and Jesus' spirit. No, you don't have two spirits because you are born again. Are you getting it? Your spirit is one with the Lord. The believer does not have two spirits. He received the spirit of adoption and salvation. So you see, what, do you notice? All we are going to do, guys, let me drop your pen and listen. All we are going to do till we die, many things we are going to study till we die. I used to tell you this, but probably you not paid attention, is that we are studying backwards what happened to us at salvation. We're going to keep discovering it. We're going to keep appreciating God for that. Wow, wow, wow. So this is what God has done. This is what he is doing. Are you getting it? You know, when we are preaching the gospel, that's what God is doing through us to preach. So we have received the spirit of adoption. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 14. That kind of look as though Paul was saying something, but let's look at it. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 14, where it says that um, when I, for if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. When it says my spirit, Paul says my spirit, because all the actions of the spirit in the epistle were by human volition. I'll say it again. Paul used that word, my spirit, there because all the actions of the spirit in the epistles were by human volition. Human volition. Violation. Let's just use that word, human volition. So we have received the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. And that is why we can function in the spirit. We have received the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, and you and I, we can function in the spirit. Say, I can function in the spirit. Function in the spirit. Our existence is in the spirit. My existence is in the spirit. Are you seeing that? My existence is in the spirit. First John 4, 17. First John 4, verse 17. First John 4, verse 17. First John 4, verse 17. It says, Wherein is our love made perfect, that we might have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so we are in this world. So, as he is, he was not refined to physical body. Rather, it was in reference to the fact that in the spirit, we are the same. In the spirit, we are the same. So, it, when he's saying that, as he is, so we are now. He wasn't saying, oh, physically body. Are you getting If you are having kata, Jesus is not having <laughs> Kata means cold. I think is Kata in English word? Yes, it Does is. It's in. It's in. Yeah, it's correct. Okay. okay. So if you're having. If you're having. Flu. 
Jesus is not having flu where he is. <laughs> so it is your spirit that is one, that is with his own spirit. <laughs> Are you getting those? As I am, so I am. And so that's I'm blowing my nose like this. God Jesus is blowing his nose. He's not blowing his nose. <laughs> Are you getting me? It is your spirit. Does that make sense? <laughs> so the fullness of God is with and in every believer in the spirit. The fullness of God is with and in every believer in the spirit. The fullness of God is with and in every believer in the spirit. Hebrews 7 verse 25. I'm really too slow. Hebrews 7 verse 25. I don't like this. I don't know if you notice. I really don't. Something is wrong somewhere. Wherefore, he is able to save them to the other that come unto God by him, seeing that he liveth to make intercession for them. So Jesus keeps the believer's salvation. It's Jesus that is keeping your salvation, not you. Are you getting it? I say, what's it? We're going to, don't worry, we're going to do some studies soon. Jesus keeps the believer's salvation because he is alive and he lives forever. So it is a guarantee. So that alone guarantees the light that we have received in Christ at salvation. Because Jesus is actually alive. He's the one that keeps our salvation. Does that make sense? Jesus, is, Jesus keeps our salvation. So the intercession work of Jesus is based on the fact that he's alive forever. Is alive forever, and because the man born again is identified in him, he has the same life. The man born again is identified with him, he has the same life. The man born again is identified with him, he has the same life, which is the same spirit. He has the same life, which is the same spirit. So he is eternally saved. Eternally saved. Internalism. Romans 6 verse 23. Jesus saying it says, but the gift of God is eternal life. So the gift of eternal life is made available through Christ Jesus. I already did I have a teaching on that on on check the try on the gift of eternal life. Can listen to that? The gift of eternal life is made available through Christ Jesus. Through Christ Jesus. So that gift is the love of Christ and can be received by faith. John 3 verse 16 For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. So the only requirement is to believe. That's all. That's all God wants from you. Just believe. Do you believe? Just believe. It's not to work for it. It's not to pray for it. It's not to be asking Asking for it because God has already given His Son to die for us. Not to be begging God. It's not to be fasting for it. No. He that believes in Christ has eternal life. So I have eternal life. I have eternal life. Hallelujah. So the believers have eternal life. The life is a gift. You know, even gift of life is like it's a gift. It's a gift. And it says, receive that salvation. We do not receive it later. <laughs> You possess it now. Right. You don't receive it later. No, you receive it now. Hallelujah. <laughs> so the word internal and the word internal life is from the Greek word any. Uh, let me spell it. A I O N I O S. Anios Zoe. 
AI N AIONIOSZOE AIONZOE AIONIOSZOE It means or it implies life absolute absolute life that is life that is complete and cannot be changed life that is complete and cannot be changed John 6 verse 47 John 6 verse 47 John 6 verse 47 John 6 verse 47 It says, really, really, I said, you either believe it or me, has everlasting life. So your eternal life is received here on earth. You are not waiting till you die before you receive it. Are you getting what I'm saying? Everlasting life, eternal life is received here on earth. It is the life of God. And that is the life given to us from God. Is the life of God and that is the life given to us from God. It is not a variance of human life, no. It is the life of God, the life given to us from God. John 5 24. John 5 verse 24. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me at everlasting life and shall come. And shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death into into life. Glory to God. Look at verse twenty-six. So the life of God is unchangeable. It's not, you can't change it. Look at verse twenty-six. For as the Father had life in Himself, so hath He given to the Son to have life in Himself. So the Father has life in Himself. He gave the Son. He gave the life to the Son. Thus, it is a gift from God, and that's a proof of our salvation. You and I have everlasting life. It cannot be said in our record. You and I can never know what death means. Right. What's it God. This thing will say, people will say, we die, we die, we die. You and I cannot know what that means. If I eventually that happens, we are only sleeping. Glory to God. Because we are opening up our eyes to another world. But those who have died, who would not believe the gospel? Who did God? It shows they never existed. What a wasted life. So you that believe in the Son, receive this life. So when we are preaching the gospel, we are doing them a favor. <laughs> we want them to believe this thing. We don't want them to die. Hallelujah. John 10 verse 28. Something is wrong with me somewhere. Am I preaching this way? I don't, I'm not preaching like my normal servant. No, what do you think? It's good. But you're slow, but it's good. I'm very, very slow, right? Slower than usual. Slower than usual. Am I slow? Yeah, you are. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you're slower than usual. Slower than usual. Yeah, but. Or maybe because it's night. We never did that night. All these people change. Maybe because we Welcome. did break <laughs> one hour. <laughs> And I give unto them eternal life. 
You <laughs> have not gisted this guy. <laughs> I don't I don't think you have really gisted this guy. <laughs> <laughs> and I give unto them eternal life. And shall <laughs> and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Hallelujah. So he gives us life. And he that believes has eternal life. And <laughs> you can never know what perish means. You can only preach it. <laughs> Are you getting what I'm saying? Let me tell you the truth. I'm preaching to you what I don't have the experience about. <laughs> I can only tell you, he that have the life, have eternal life, I will perish. <laughs> well, I, I have received the experience of the, of the good parts. <laughs> I can never know what perish means. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. So anybody that does not believe, anybody that does not believe can go and find out. <laughs> can go and be finding out <laughs> what perish means. Hallelujah. But me, I have chosen eternal life. Glory to God. 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 I can never tell you. I can only preach it to you and say, you know this, me have experienced the part of I have eternal life. But you, you cannot find out <laughs> what it means to perish. <laughs> you can see me. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. So, a man that has life can never perish. Never. A man that has no life <laughs> will be condemned, will be perished. Only the life of God is eternal. Even your physical life, it has a lifespan. It will end Sunday. No, see, it's not possible. It's not possible. Oh. <laughs> the prayer is that it should not be soon. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> Only the life of God is eternal. So neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. That is a that alone refers to internal guarantee. We have internal guarantee of God. We are guaranteed of internal. We have assurance. John 10 verse 29. My father, which give them to me is greater than all. He reemphasize it again. And no man is able to block them out of my father's hand. That's the kind of God we serve. Nothing changes the position of the believer because he has eternal life. Nothing changes your position. First John. First John 5. First John 5, verse 9 to 13. First John 5. First John 5, verse 9. So it says, that um, if we receive the witness of men and the witness of God, it says if we receive the witnesses of men, the witness of God is great. For this is the witness of God, which he hath testified of his son. He that believeth on the Son of God hath the witnesses, the witness in him. And he that believeth not on God hath made him a liar. Because he that believeth not on 
either believe it, not the record that God has give, gave of his son and the rec- and this is the record that God has given to us eternal life and the life is in his son the life is in his son the life is in his son and he that hath the son hath life and he that hath not the son of God hath not life this is I have written unto you that ye believe in the name of the son of God that ye may know that the that ye have eternal life and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of what? Of God. It says that ye may know that ye have eternal life. So, one thing is this, that it is the possession of the believer. It's your possession. It is God's gift to us in Christ Jesus. The believer ought to know this fact. As I round up on this, you have to accustom yourself that you have eternal life. Hallelujah. You have eternal life. You have to know this. You have to live in the light of the same. John 14 verse 6. John 14 verse 6. John 14 verse 6 says, The way, the truth, and the life. No man comment unto the Father, but what? By me. So Christ is in you. is the same with the Spirit in you. The indwelling of the Spirit is as the life in us. So the believer has life in Christ. The death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus is made available. The gift of life to humanity. So when someone hears the gospel and believes in the resurrection of Jesus, he or she is saved and has eternal life. Hallelujah. The person is saved and the person has eternal life. That person has been translated from the kingdom of the dead son. And he has passed from death to life. And see, you will never, the person will never perish. Never, never. Romans 6, verse 2. says, Love, God of love, love, life, the spirit of life, leading me free from the law of sin and death. So that's in verse 10. Romans 8, verse 10. I think I'm just gisting. It's like we're just gisting the word today. What does gisting actually mean? Gisting. It's like saying we're just having a chat. Just having a chat on gospel. Gisting the word. I mean, Christ being the body is dead because of sin. But the spirit is life because of righteousness. We're just gisting the word. In other words, at salvation. What was received in Christ is a spirit, which is life. That is to say, the the indwelling of the spirit in us is life. <coughs> so I said for everything to say what I want to say now. That the indwelling of the spirit in us is life. I don't think that you got that. The indwelling of the spirit in us is actually the life we have. That spirit that is within us is life. Hallelujah. So when we receive that spirit, that salvation, that is actually life we received. That is actually the spirit cannot die, right? Right? The indwelling of the spirit is forever, right? Yes. It has a permanent sin on us, right? It has been sealed, right? So it cannot leave you, right? So you cannot die. 
you cannot perish. You can never be condemned. You have that internal life. Because he already, he already sealed you. So if you wanted to, if you say you want to lose the salvation, oh, it's too late. You have been sealed. <laughs> God does not give you time to waste time. You say, hey, let's say you believe today and I say tomorrow. I don't believe what you said again. Oh, that minute of yesterday, you've already been sealed. What is going on with you is just your your mind playing mind tricks with you. So we go now and see you the next day. <laughs> you know, you you've had go. I don't know about you, but you preach to somebody, the person tell you I believe yesterday. Today, you know that thing you were saying that yesterday. I I kind of have some issues with it, and um, oh, it's too, <laughs> I'll just I'll just tell you. Oh, sorry. I will just help you to understand. But you're innocent. Holy Ghost does not have time to waste time. The thing that I know that God. We say God is a patient God, but where God does not have patience the most is our salvation. And basically, just before you even finish praying the salvation prayer, I say, give me a, let's pray, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus. Oh, the person has already been saved. I, like, I remember when my pastor was saying this story one time. He said he wanted to hold somebody's hand and say, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, say after me, Lord Jesus. The person just started speaking in tongues. Ah, my pastor wondered, ah, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me finish the prayer. Then we'll now say so. Do you believe in the tongues? Do you believe in the Holy Ghost? Then you now start. Let's call it up. But the person said, My person said, The person has started speaking. That's all. The person has started speaking in tongues. That's how it works. Because the Spirit is indwelling the believer already. God does not have that time to be wasting with it. I believe you. I believe yesterday. You know, believe so. We now will see you tomorrow. It's too late. <laughs> it's too late. You only help the person to understand what happened to him. Does that make sense? That's all. You just help the person come to the consciousness, come to the realization of what happened. So we've been saved, we've been sealed, we have internal life, and that spirit of God in us is the life of God in us. We are indwelling in the Father. The Father is indwelling in us. We are in the Father's house. He is the Father's house is in us. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. We have the promise of the Spirit. We have the indwelling of the Spirit. First Corinthians 6. It says, We that is joined to the Lord is one Spirit. We are one Spirit with God. So there is no separate Spirit. The Father does not have a separate Spirit from the Son. You have one Spirit with God. So there is no favor Spirit and my Spirit. You know, that's what you used to say. My Spirit. You know, the Spirit of God within me. But my own personal Spirit. There's not your personal Spirit again. Sorry, it's too late to have your personal Spirit. <laughs> Hallelujah. So we have the indwelling of the Spirit in us. You learn something today? Yes, Share with your neighbor what you learn. Hallelujah. Share with your neighbor what you learn.